Okay, we're back. Cheers. Got Cheers. new cups oh. this time. Except brand new cups. Oh, Krista, oh, yours is down. backwards. Show your spirit. Oh, it's it's awkward to do it like this. Cheers. There we go. Yes. There we go. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> baby. She's mm-hmm. a sports girly now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> the thunk it. I am a football girly. It's true. It's true. It happened. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're back. It's been a really long time. Um, I don't even know where to start. Does anybody know where to start? Well, I don't. what have we been up to the last couple months? Christy, yeah. you go first. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't <laughs> had a baby. Um, super chill situation. <laughs> super chill situation. Um, he is almost two months, which is crazy. Um yeah, it's been fucking insane. And that's really all I know how to say. <laughs> well, you posted Y'all recently that you started to enjoy. <laughs> no, you posted. Well, first of all, I can't imagine. I'm sure it's insane. I respect the hell out of you and Kelly. I saw a post that you shared the other day that you actually have enjoyed like the midnight reading. Yeah. Now, or so- midnight time with him. Yeah. So I would say like the first month or so was just, it. I mean, it was like terrible. It, there were so many times where I was like, what have I done? Like, this is insane. Um, but I feel like around the six week mark, it sort of started to, I don't know, the clouds started to lift a little bit and like, he's more fun. Like he's smiling and kind of doing all the baby things that one a baby should do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The cooing and the, the, you know, the goo goo gaga bullshit. Um, (laughs) He's doing all that now. And he's like so cute. And so like, it's just been a little bit more fun. But yeah, the the nighttime stuff. So like, I'm alone with him a lot at night because we do kind of shifts taking care of him. And um The other night, it was just like so, it was like the middle of the night. I had him just like cuddled in my arms and feeding him. And then Franklin was like cuddled up beside me. And it just was like so quiet and dark. And it just felt so safe. And he's just like so, I don't know. He he was just, he's just very cute now. And so it's like, I enjoy my time with him, even when it's like in the middle of the night and I can read to him and like, sing him stupid songs. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a little bit more balance now I'll say like, cause he still screams bloody murder and I'm still like, think I'm going to lose my mind, but then he'll, um, he'll smile. And then I'm like, okay, fine. I- I'll be your mom. I'll be your mom. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay here. Yeah. yeah. So it's oh just, I don't know. It's like the weirdest thing I've ever done for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've got a second dog. I mean, I don't have any baby experience to pull from, but I remember when we first got Brooks, who's in the background here today, I was like, can we send him back? This is too hard. Yeah. And it it, sounds like maybe a little bit of that, but a human child. Yeah, it is a lot of that. It's the same kind of thing where it's like you just all of a sudden have this new layer of responsibility in your life. And, you know, it's like, your life just gets a little bit like you're you can't be as selfish and like you just have to be 
a little bit more tuned into things um, in the same way that if you get a new pet or, or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I will say, uh, it's just, thank God dogs don't scream and cry <laughs> because yeah, I think that's, that's the hard <laughs> Is that part. the hardest part? Yeah. When you're just yeah. like, you, sh- there's no reason for you to be doing this right now. Just sh- sh- Is he colicky? He's not, thankfully. Thankfully, okay. we don't That's have good. that going on. Um, yeah, just normal, like. But baby. he is giant. He's a giant baby. Can we talk he's about how big gi- he is? <laughs> he's, he's giant. A big boy. He's giant. So he's not even two months old. I guess we went to the doctor like three weeks ago, and he had just turned a month. And she was like, "Oh, he's as big as a three month old." Um, so he's he's ginormous. I I can't. That's what even my imagine. doctor said to me too. <laughs> I'm almost as big as a three-month-old. Right now? Right now. Oh. Yeah. In adult human form. They're like, good for you. Three-month baby. So we're yeah. the same, really. Yeah. Krista and he, Kelly are going to start cultivating that athlete mindset to yeah. see what kind of professional sports yeah. we can get him into. Chiefs cup. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to go are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's but big. Anyway. What about you, Allie? Yeah, what about you? Anything new? Um, traveled a bit recently. Um, we hosted Thanksgiving for both of our families. So that was really interesting and fun. I feel like we've revamped our entire apartment. Like we moved in a couple years ago. And then this summer we signed another two-year lease. Like it's definitely, I've been here now for, I guess, just over two years. Longest I've ever lived anywhere outside of my oh. family's house. I just was always very like movie. Um, anyway, we like revamped all of our furniture and it felt like a literal like project. It was like always in my mind. Like I was doing research and like looking at furniture websites. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you guys have invested in furniture before, but it's not like a, well, I mean, maybe for some people that have a bazillion dollars, but like you can't just like go buy it and be like, I'm done. Like you just have mm-hmm. to research stuff, especially having pets. Like I'm going to make sure we get the right couch, like microfiber, blah, blah, blah. But we did all that in anticipation of hosting because we had like 15 people here. It was actually really fun. I think I really, (laughs) for a very set, like six hours. And I'm like, I'm good. I couldn't host that many people for like days on end. But that was a big thing in November. And otherwise, just working. (laughs) Just working all the time. Are you still insanely busy? I feel like you're just always busy. (laughs) Yeah, I think. um, She says. Yeah. Yes, period. She's like, bitch, you know I am. <laughs> it's like not a flex though. Like I used to feel like it was such a flex. And now I'm like, I'm getting better at setting boundaries. I'm getting better at like setting boundaries with myself. Like I think I just used to always think about work because I felt like I had to. Obviously, being like a business owner, I'm sure you both know, like it's different or like a, you own like your own thing. So you have to, it's like, you always have to be on, like it's yours. Like if you're not moving forward, nothing will move forward. But my God, like 12, 14 hours a day of like thinking about this shit is like, I'm not doing anything right. Like it's the whole thing about like, why are you worrying about something? It's not really going to change the outcome. Um, so I've really tried to like create more balance of my own with that. But yes, things I was telling Kaylee before we started recording Krista that things are almost like picking up more right now. Um, going into the new year. Yeah. We, uh, we have some new projects kicking off all really good things. Like I keep telling my team like spirits high energy, low 
January will be better. <laughs> like, you try to get like, that. like that period of rest. Like no one's like dreading anything. It's just a lot. Um, but yeah. It's, nice. <laughs> yeah. Haley, what about you? You're oh my writing. God. Oh. Um, work is not very busy. Um, I got a cool opportunity to go potentially work in Denmark, but I just sent the email this morning that I'm not going to go because Allie and I were talking about this earlier. I was really excited about it. It was with a company that like was very in line with, you know, the things that are important to me and they were like squabbling on the rate. And so I was like, I don't want to go back and forth. They like pushed back on a lot of the very minimal requests that I made. And so I was just like, I think I'd really just wanted to go to Denmark and and work at your office. And maybe I should just go to Denmark and not take on a project that could be not so great. So that's kind of a bummer. I was kind of looking forward to that, but that's a no go. Yeah. But wasn't meant to be. Um, and then working on my book ish kind of, it, it's slow going. It's slow going. It's going, but it's not going fast. So working on it. I feel like I'm doing more reading than writing right now, but I wanted to talk about that later in the episode. I feel like it's helpful and we can get into that. But otherwise, you know, I've just, I'm in a self-care, self-improvement era. I've been going to two kinds of therapy. I've been getting out of the house. I've been, I don't know, I'm in this weird stage of life where I'm like trying to figure out who I am as an individual because I've been in a relationship since I was 17 and lived in the same place my whole life. And so now I'm having my midlife crisis, my existential crisis. And so that's super fun. Yeah. Super fun times. Super loving it. You got bangs. I got bangs. Curtain bangs. And I saw something on Instagram the other day that the great thing about curtain bangs is that when you're done talking to people, you can just close them. (laughs) Show's over. We're done now. Fiend. And you just bow and you leave. So I'm going to be using that at Christmas, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what I would do if someone did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm close just going to close the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't so, you don't leave. You just still sit there. But yeah, then you're yeah, you just, <laughs> Sorry, Why? we're closed. <laughs> we're closed. Oh I don't know my how God. else to tell you. Incredible. So, yeah, I'm not going to physically leave rooms anymore. I'm just going to close the curtains. How Incredible. awesome would it be if I you could it. put like an open close sign like around your neck and you just like flip oh. it over to close when you're like done with people? Like <laughs> that would be great. We're yeah. I, did, I did read um Selma Blair's autobiography and she had a necklace. This was the thing that stuck out to me the most from the whole story. One uh, side of it was a happy face and the other side was a sad face. So you knew what mood she was in that day. Oh, I need that. I, I like that. that. Love that. I want that. I, I do will too. Just look that up on Etsy the minute we wrap yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's what's new with me. All right. So lots going on yeah. in OTC land. <laughs> we all we all need a breather <laughs> after that one. Life. Oh god, I feel like we all have okay. PTSD right now. <laughs> We're like end of year, just like our eyes are just spirals. We're just like truly, Ooh. truly. Oh yes. boy. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, Spotify wrapped. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Is it too late to talk about it? I put it down on our no. list, but we we weren't recording when it came out. Did y'all, well, are y'all like big Spotify wrapped people? I like it. I look forward to it. Why did they do it the first week of December though? That's not the end of the year. We still had four weeks. 
They usually do questions. it around then, though, right? Like, it's usually But then out. you miss a whole month. I know. But it's even, even weirder. They stop collecting data for it in October. So you don't, you really don't even get the last two months of the year, which is, which is wild. Yeah. yeah. But I guess they have to, have um, time to like put it all together. Yeah. Okay. So mine was kind of a weird mix. Krista, I'm. We yours know. Yours was not. Yours was not. I'm Very so on sorry. brand. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Why are you sorry? I'm sorry. <laughs> Because there's not much to say. It's just like Taylor Swift. That's it. I knew <laughs> it was Spotify be rap for Krista. I knew it's never been like that before. But this year, I was like, oh god, I'm so scared because I knew that was going to happen, and it did. It, my entire top, I think five songs were all Taylor Swift. Um, I yeah, saw your update. It was nothing but Taylor Swift. It was just like Taylor Swift. Period. <laughs> period. <laughs> I know. That's I know. it. I know. My all my five top songs were Taylor Swift. Um, but I knew it was gonna happen. I was I was emotionally prepared. Um, and I was <laughs> over any embarrassment I felt about it. So what are you gonna Love do? That. What are you Love gonna that. do? Fully embraced. Yeah. Allie, we need to talk about share. <laughs> we need to talk about share. Which, first of all, I'd like to premise this, like you kind of look like share. Like you should be share for Halloween next year. I actually totally thought about do doing Sunny and Cher with me and Austin, but making yeah. him be Sunny, even though he's like Hilarious. a giant. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So my top artist was Kit Moore, which tracks because I love him, listen to him all the time. There's very few artists I'll put on like an album and just let it play because I love like I, most. I, I'm sure Taylor Swift does this too, where it's like the album's organized intentionally from like going from song to song like it's supposed to be a full experience there are very few folks I'll do that with just because I'll usually pick like cherry pick out favorite songs but Kit Moore Andrew Bell uh Head in the Heart like a lot of singer songwriter type folksy into country like camp is usually where I will just put on like this is x right those like full playlists um, but my top songs like killed me. I'm like, I pulled it up right now. It's like the head and the heart Virginia, which is very clearly one of my favorite songs. Neon blue by Kit Moore. There's a song by Reese Lewis. It was actually in love Island this year. And I just like fell in love. I literally was like, Siri, what's this song? And I, I like listen to it all the time. It's called midnight. Um, and then believe by share. <laughs> and then that's the one I had questions about. I mean, yeah. it's a great song, but like, what is it doing for you? Give it's like, I love that iconic. song. It's iconic. Yeah. I love that song. I think what it was. So like something I do with music is if I'm trying to relive something, I'll just play whatever song reminds me of that. So and what were like, you reliving with share? New, Year- new Year's Eve this past New Year's oh, Eve. <laughs> okay. I went to this like, Austin and I went to Kansas City to visit some friends and it was probably one of the more fun New Year's Eves that we went to. We went to this like bar and it like turned into a rave and like we were around the right people. Like I know we'll talk about friends and socializing, but it's those people that you just like, you just can exist around. And I think that's pretty rare, especially another couple. And the music was great and the dancing was fun and it was like the perfect buzz. Like it was just one of those nights where I was like, I want to remember this. So I think for like January and February, because also I never get to see those friends. Like I really miss them. And I think I just played it over and over and over. That's incredible. Um, I love that yeah. so much. And then 
Number five was changes by Tupac, which is a, just a completely different direction. Right. <laughs> so Respect. yeah, very much a hodgepodge of my year. I like, a, I like, a, I, I, I realize the irony of me saying this, but I like a person who has diversity in there. <laughs> I love that for everyone else. I feel like there's, pro- there's probably so much more data. Like, like if you remove Taylor Swift from your listen list or whatever, you probably have like a lot of variety, right? Yeah, just I mean, like overpowered. My number two, my number two artist is Frank Sinatra, but like, so it's like my list is so weird. <laughs> See, <laughs> I love so that. Weird. But That's yeah, great. That's oh great. <laughs> Wait, Kaylee, you still have not um, said mine's... anything about yours. Yeah, my yeah, I didn't share mine or anything. I was just like, who cares? <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. Who cares about Spotify Rap? Um, mine. What I was really excited though because my top song was the song Bloom by Radiohead, which when I'm writing, I put that on because there's no words to it. And I that means that I spent a lot of time writing this year. So I was like, good job, me. All right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fr- from spring, though. That was spring spring me that was doing a lot of writing. And then the rest of it is just like SZA, um, a lot of like vibey, I don't know, like just dancey music that I put on when I'm exercising. And this has been a year of exercise for me. So that's been, I don't know. I will say I'm a little upset with Spotify this year because I really like the playlists that they make. And a lot of my playlists are all the same songs. And so I've been listening to the same songs all year long and I would like more variety. So Spotify, please give me more variety. Well, don't they have, they like make, they make playlists every week, right? Like discover, you can discover. They do, but. Mine are always the same songs, and I don't understand it. Yeah. There'll be, like, one new song in there, and then one million songs I've listened to one million times. So. Well, you know, Kaylee, there's this thing on Spotify where you can create your own playlists. It's just, like, a new thing. But, see, I don't have the mental (laughs) bandwidth to put the playlist together. I would just like it to be given to me. I haven't made a playlist in a year, so I don't blame you, but yeah. I'm just like one less decision, please. But also something different because if you, if you want it to be stuff, you don't listen to a million times. You have to go seek out new music and figure out if you like it or not. Yeah. Who has the time? I feel like discover Discover weekly. Does it really not change for you? I thought the whole point was it being Um, new songs every week. I think I got frustrated with the Discover Weekly. It wasn't giving me enough things that I liked. So I would go to like chill mix or like cozy evening or making dinner. You know, those ones that they pre-make and it's all based on songs that you've liked before. So now I feel like Kelly in that episode of The Office where she's explaining how Netflix works. (laughs) And they just go click, click, click. (laughs) Let me tell you how how Spotify works. So yeah, that was my Spotify wrapped and it was not very exciting. But I feel like my beef with Spotify wrapped so. is, and I know there's a way to, to fix this, but it's very manual. But like, I listen to a lot of like, um, like instrumental music, like jazz or like lo-fi, yes. lo-fi <laughs> stuff. And I wish it just yeah. automatically did not count that stuff. Cause that plays a lot. Yeah. That was my that was my wrapped last year. Yes. Yeah. It was like I my wrapped at the end of 2022 was all of that stuff. And I was like, I don't even know these songs because I put it on and I don't look at what's playing. Exactly. Yeah. And so like I don't this year I must funny enough, not worked as much, which I did, but I don't know. Maybe I was more intentional about what I listened to. But yeah, I expected more of that like random, like lo-fi shit, which I love, yeah. but I'm like, this isn't representative of what I've chosen. <laughs> Yes. I did not. Exactly. I just chose the vibe. I did not choose the song. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, that's my one beef. Otherwise, Anyways. it's delightful. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, delightful. Um, so let's move on to our, our usual questions. Our first thing that we always start with is what have we learned lately and what cr- questions does it raise? So Krista, you had a good one to start here. Let's, let's start with your, uh, thought that you had. Um, my work one. Um, yeah, yeah. I think so. I've now been on maternity leave for two months and I've never really had a period of my life like that where I'm just like not working, even if I'm very much busy with this baby stuff. Um, it still has kind of been a mind fuck to not work and to not have that like structure in my life. And even, even more than the structure, like I really am like, Oh, I actually enjoy work. And like, I like having that stuff to do and to tinker with. And it like, gives like I get stuff out of it and it makes my brain buzz in a good way. And it's been very hard not having that. And I can't, I feel like I've, I'm very unsure if that's like a bad thing or not. Like, does that mean that I am over-reliant on work? Like as a crutch is, am I a workaholic? Like, I guess I just, it's very interesting because I think people our age have made it kind of taboo to like work. Or even this whole podcast, right? It's like off the clock. We can't talk about work. Um, But I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, but I actually like work. (laughs) Like, so I don't know. I'm just curious of y'all's thoughts on like, what is actually having work-life balance mean? Does that exist? Like, where does that balance lay for y'all? I feel like it's so funny that we're talking about this because we're we're all so similar, but we're all at very different stages of like our careers and also like our relationship with work. Um, I've never, like, I've never not worked. I've had a job since I was like 15, not at this like level, but like, I've always had something to do. Right. And, um, I, what I, what I hear first, Krista is like, a, you have a job that you love, which is very rare. I think, especially for folks our age, that's kind of where that taboo dialogue came from is just getting caught up in jobs that they hate. And so they're like, work in general is bad, which I don't, I don't believe that. I think there's a lot of nuance. So like you have a job that you love, which is great. And I also think sometimes work is, is like our, it's like our purpose. Like we have more than one purpose in life, but I do, I do agree that like, what would you do all day. Like, I know that sounds naive, but it's like, I'm in the same boat. Like I don't have kids. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to spend your time. But to me, like having the challenge and having like, well, colleagues and like friendships through work, having goals to hit challenges to hit. Like, I don't, I don't know what it's like not to work, but I do imagine a day where I don't have to and still choosing to is where I think the sweet spot will be. Um, but I don't sense like Personally, I don't sense like that's being like, that's not bad or that's not unhealthy. Um, I don't know. Kaylee, what do you think? You're kind of in a different spot. I don't know. I've definitely gone the workaholic route and that didn't serve me super well. Um, But now I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum where I'm not super busy and I'm definitely finding more work-life balance. But I'm like you, Krista, like I get a, I get a lot of positive feeling across the board as far as like feeling accomplished, feeling like I'm contributing, feeling like 
I'm capable, like work gives me all of those things. It ticks all those boxes. And I think that that's um, important. And so, yes, we have kind of made it like, ooh, don't love work too much. And I think that that's a good message to send to each other. But at the same time, like, don't feel bad too if you like miss working and you are good at it and it, it makes you feel positive things because it's good to like have something that makes you feel valuable. It makes you feel meaningful in your life. And like, you're doing something for something beyond yourself. Um, so yeah, I think it's just about that balance. And yeah, I can imagine that would be tough to like go from going to work every day or like working every day, even if you're at home and then all of a sudden you have to shut it off for like an extended period. That's a huge life interruption of like, identity that would like shake you to the core. Cause that's, if you've been identifying that and getting a lot from it and then suddenly the faucet turns off, it's like, ah. Yeah. It's very, it's been very interesting. And I, I've even come to realize that sometimes work feels like restful to me. Like there have been nights, you know, in the past where it's like, if I'm home alone, I enjoy just kind of like pouring a glass of wine and like, taking off shit from my to-do list that I didn't get done during the day. And like, that feels like, like rest in a way. And I don't know, I just like, it feels very, I guess, counterintuitive to say that or to feel that. But um, I don't know. I just was curious about y'all's thoughts around work-life balance and, and how y'all felt about it. Is it, is it restful in that it like, helps you sleep or helps you rest further after you know it's done because you know you're doing less the next day or you know like you didn't finish what you needed to do no it's it's less of that and it's more of just like it is fun to me like it is fun to like get in there and tinker around and it's almost more fun because there's nobody on slack to Mm-hmm. fuck with me or <laughs> know you know it's like it's everything is just yeah. quiet it, it almost feels like how I felt the other night with like Beck and Franklin like everything is just quiet and I'm like alone and I can like really zero in on this stuff um yeah I don't know something I need to explore more I guess yeah that would be hard though to to just suddenly have to take a hard stop you know and well did you feel that you're way part of an internal team yeah about well, about you, when I you took just my break. stopped. Yeah. I don't know. I think part of it was not, it wasn't as hard of a stop. So like, I still had a couple of client projects that I was managing. I think that the intensity turned way down. Like I wasn't being super proactive and reaching out to people and, and coming to work with the usual energy that I had, but it was still like, I was still sitting down at the computer for a few hours every day. So it wasn't as hard of like slam on the brakes and take a full stop. Whereas it seems like that's probably more how it is when you take maternity leave and you're at an internal company because they're like, no, you're on maternity leave. Like, please stop working. (laughs) Please don't do that. Yes, exactly. When it's just me, it's like, oh, I'm going to work a little bit. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. But this leads nicely into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is introversion. And you have all this time to yourself. Well, at home, you know, you're not you're not working with your team every day. So can introversion go too far? And if so, where does that line between healthy and unhealthy introversion lay? So Krista, you talked about like really liking that cozy feeling of work and you, you have talked before about how you enjoy your own company, which is God strive for that one day, but 
talk to us about what you've been thinking about in relation to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it might surprise you, but I actually like do have a ton of time alone now because either I'm alone with the baby or like we've tried to make a lot of space for each other to get out by ourselves and go do stuff. So I'm like either alone out doing something or I'm just alone with the baby. Um, so lots of time to think for sure. Um, and I really enjoy it. And it's just been very noticeable how much I enjoy it because Kelly is the opposite. So Kelly is very extroverted. And like, if she could be out multiple times a day, every day doing stuff with other people, like she would be. Um, and sometimes it like causes causes some beef with us because um, I feel like I'm somebody who like if I'm gonna go out and do something with people like I want it to be like my people who I really connect with and I can be myself with and Allie like you were saying like you don't have to think about it with those with these people and like you can just you know you don't have to be on Um, and I don't have a ton of those people especially in Austin but Kelly's the opposite in that she is fine with just like, she'd rather be surrounded by 15 acquaintances than have like a couple super deep relationships. She likes the the busyness. She likes being around like big groups of people. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, <clears throat> am I, am I setting myself up for like being lonely later in life? If I'm just kind of like, you go do this thing with this group of people that I don't necessarily connect with very well. I'm going to stay here and hang back with my dog. It just feels like at a certain point, like, am I going to wake up one day and look around and like have no friends or like have this very isolated life just because it's like, I don't know. How do y'all feel about that? Allie, I know you said you've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. You were shaking your head. I think, um, yeah, no, this has been something I've thought <laughs> thought a lot about in the past like six months to a year. Cause like I've I've lived in Chicago for five years. I've made, well, I mean, like three friends in five years. Like I've spent a lot of time alone. And for like the first three to four years, well, I mean, Austin doesn't count. <laughs> um, I was like, am I like I'm in my 20s? Like I'm literally mid-20s and I'm like doing so much alone. And it took like going to therapy for a long time. And she would ask me, she's like, well, are you enjoying your time? And I'm like, yeah, I just feel like I should, 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 should be like, you know, doing stuff with all, like all these people that have these friend groups. I'm like, where the fuck do you get friend groups? I don't even have like that many (laughs) friends. Like I have a friend group from home. I call them my home friends. Half the groups left and then the holidays we'll get together, whatever. It's great. But like, I just don't have, I mean, I don't have a friend group here. And I just thought for a very long time, I was like doing things wrong. Um, but yeah, over the past year, like I've kind of reached this point of acceptance where I'm like, just trying to listen to like my intuition first. Like if I didn't have social media, if I didn't have like all this exposure to all these other voices, like what I feel as bad as I do about these things. And I think like Krista, if you've already tested out those people (laughs) that Kelly spends time with. And you know, like in your gut, you're like, these aren't my people. Like they're fine. They're great. They're like great, like nice, but I don't enjoy my time around them. I think that that's really all you can do. Like if you're not putting yourself out there, 
and trying that kind of stuff, then I would say maybe pushing a little bit. But like, I think at the end of the day, whether you're introverted or extroverted or single or whatever, the older you get, the more time you spend alone. It's just like, it's just how life is. And I think the people that aren't comfortable being alone will have to get comfortable being alone. Like, I just think it's part of life or they never will. And they'll just always surround themselves. I don't know. But like, I do think that it's kind of a, have you guys seen that those charts with like how much time you spend with different people and how like it ebbs and flows throughout your life? Like your siblings is like a lot and then it goes down and your parents is like a lot and your kids is like peaks in the middle. And when you're by it, it's like me alone goes all it's like up and to the right, like a hockey stick. Um, so I feel like if you're cool with being alone now, it's like only going to get better. Right. I mean, I would hope so. Maybe. I would hope so. Yeah. I don't know. It just tell me I'm right. Cause that's what I've been telling myself. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think that you're right. And it, it never feels bad to me until it's, I see like the juxtaposition of like, how Kelly does life. And that's like a very in my face thing all the time. Right. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's hard to figure out. I'm <laughs> so cat. sorry if you can hear the cat crying. <laughs> Monday. I do really Krista. Okay? I think, I think she's, she's on the wavelength with you. She's very lonely. Right now. Oh, Monday. <laughs> she just Poor wants baby. to come in here. Poor well, yeah. I know. Can buddy. you let her in? You could let her in, right? No, because the dog will eat her. So uh, that's probably a bad idea. They don't love each other, but I wish they did. Um, Anyways, back on topic. I I struggle with this too. I feel like I'm naturally – here's the thing I'm struggling with. I'll get right to the point. When I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I was very much like Kelly. I was very, very sociable, had a lot of friends, very much quantity – over quality. Um, I was somewhere all the time. I just loved being with people. I still love being with people. I love feeding people. I love having people over, but my tolerance level and my enjoyment of it, it's been dropping off as I get older. And I don't know if that's like a mental, emotional bandwidth thing. I don't know if it's just because I'm evolving as a person and nobody's ever the same their whole life. But I am struggling with this. And even though I found a great group of friends locally, they're about 10 years older than me, which is great because they're in a different life stage. There's no like uh, posturing or anything. I can just go and be myself like we've talked about. Like there's no, I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be a certain way. And that's been really nice. But even then, I... And I, it, it's got to be from working alone and from home for the past 10 years because being social is a skill. And I think I've gotten very comfortable with being alone at home and not having to exercise that. When I worked at a coffee shop, I was much, it became much easier because I was interacting with people all the time. It was even incentivized because like the nicer I was and the more sociable I was, the higher the tips were. And so now I don't have that mechanism in my life. There's no incentive for me to be social. And so I've very much gone introverted. And I think Honestly, for me, it's probably been a little bit damaging because I feel like I do get a lot from being around other people, but I haven't prioritized it. And so now I'm trying to get back and I'm in this middle limbo zone where I'm not doing either very well. And so I'm finding too that I like really have to have a couple of drinks to feel comfortable in those situations. And that raises a lot of questions for me. Like, why can't I just go somewhere and be myself with other people? Is it that I'm 
not comfortable with myself? Is it that I'm like, why am I so nervous to the point where I feel like I have to have a couple of drinks to be able to connect with other people? I don't love that. And so I don't know. That's something I'm thinking about. It's interesting because I remember when you guys came in town last year and like we got dinner and I was like pretty nervous, like when we first sat down. But like we log in here and it's just like we just hit the ground running. So I do wonder if like even even though we all have like local friendships and local connections, like the majority of our socializing, sure, it's through a work lens or at least it is for me. The majority of our socializing is over camera, over camera, like over like digital spaces. And there's a, a feeling of like safety in that of like you don't have to see what I'm doing with my hands. Like you don't have to see ah. my body, like my body language. Like I remember when I was younger, like people would always tell me like, you look so awkward. Like you look so uncomfortable. Like you have such a resting bitch face, like all this like voices I hear. And so I do overthink like, especially initial interactions with people and yeah, a drink or like an edible even really helps me just like be. And it quiets that noise of like, what is my yeah. face doing right now? Am I being awkward? Yeah. yeah I don't that. have to like, and I'm not, I'm not going to like black out, but I just, it no, does like mute like, some of that, you know? Cause there are enough. some people like what you said, Krista, about like if relationships are too shallow or there's not a ton of depth or connection, like there is that inevitable need to like be on or like posture or like compensate. Yes. And it's yes. fucking exhausting. It's like it's ex- so, it I would much phony. rather. I would much yes. rather be alone than like have to Thank just like you. act essentially. Yes. Yes. Because, yeah. because who is getting anything out of those interactions? Like I just, it's like I'm not getting anything out of it. The other person surely can't be getting anything out of it. So it's like, why are we, are we doing this dance? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how to be human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I do wonder though, like, is it because we, spend so much time looking at social media and like looking at the computer. Like, are we becoming, is it becoming more difficult to be human? And, and no, I don't know though, because then you say like, it comes very naturally for Kelly. And that for me is like, am I doing it wrong? Like, is something, is something broken? It, I don't know. It makes me feel like, oh no. Cause I used to be able to do that. And now I can't. And like, what, what happened? There's seasons of life. Like I, 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 I have to believe that like, there, it, yeah, I, I just, I've been spending a lot of time trying to feel like, what do I think? Like, how do I feel about this? Like, what is my voice telling me? Um, cause I used to not like, I, I don't even think I could hear my own gut voice until like a year ago, like literally no joke. I think I was just always doing and choosing things based on just other things. I don't know even how to explain that, but I mean, what's the alternative? you just like fake it for the rest of your life. Cause you feel like you should like, I'm speaking yeah. to myself. Like I'm right. not even trying to like be luxury. I'm literally just like trying to talk to myself the way I, I like validate what I wish someone else would validate for me. Cause like, I'm, I don't, that sounds very tiring. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I just have to believe that there's like other options, you know, like these, this friend, these friendships feel like very natural. So it's, it's out there, right. It's just people have different. Yeah. Needs. I think that, that Social has needs. been really what I've tried to focus on is like, I do have those friendships. They're just, unfortunately, most of them are not <laughs> in Austin. And so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, Allie, this leads nicely into what you wrote about studying emotional regulation and taking up space. So talk a little bit about that. What are you thinking about? 
So you said, I've been studying and reflecting a lot on emotional regulation and taking up space in relationships and when and when it is inappropriate. So I initially wrote this because of um, like my marriage and just figuring out like the balance between like Austin and I are very close. Like he's my best friend. I think that we have multiple dimensions in our marriage, but like there's even a line of um, like almost too much talking or too much uh, emotional, not vulnerability, but like I didn't do, I stopped therapy this year. Wasn't really in a place to like, I don't know, just that extra, I didn't need it. But in the last couple of weeks, I've like looked into starting it again because I realized that we were having conversations and I was almost getting to the point where I was like, in my head, I was like, surely this is not attractive, right? Like, I don't want this to affect his like attraction to me or his like interest in spending time with me because like I'm just talking about the same shit over and over or I'm like taking up a lot of emotional space. And so like in the past month or so, we've started literally asking like, Hey, I like, do you have the capacity to like talk tonight? Or like, can I like talk to you about something? Cause like he's, you know, we've been through some shit this year with like family and loss and like job stuff. And that stuff's just, it takes up a lot of space. And I, I want to say that my spouse is always number one, but that's like not every second of every day. It's not always true. And that's okay. So it just, it also, when I wrote this down and I was seeing what else we were going to talk about, I was like, I wonder how that translates into like friendships. Cause I've been seeing a lot of videos and like funny things about like my friends and I just send memes and like complain about life to each other. And it's like, that's cool. Like obviously if life's going bad and you want to just be yourself, right? Like not posture, that might be what's on your mind. But over, over time, I feel like that just becomes this very negative, like heavy relationship, right? If there's not conversation, if there's not, I don't know, there's just, there's not a lot of dimension to that. And I imagine it's just like kind of exhausting after a while. And I just, I don't, I feel like if friendships regress into that, there's like not a lot left. Right. And and I'm talking more about just like taking up a lot of emotional space. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it's, something I've thought a lot about and I don't think a lot of people have like mastered it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious what you guys it's think. A, it's a delicate balance for sure. I had dinner with a couple of friends last week and one of them is going through a really hard time within her relationship. And the other one has gone through a difficult time in a past relationship. So a lot of what we talked about was kind of like that negative heavy stuff. Um, and while it's, it's, like a good way to build those bonds. I feel like at the same time, I have that same thought of like, oh no, like we're just talking about heavy stuff all the time instead of like happy, positive stuff. And so like, are we trauma bonding? Is that what this is? Is that what this friendship is founded on? And that's not good. I think you want that happy medium of like talking about the good stuff and the bad stuff, but like the bad stuff is so much easier to talk a lot about (laughs) because you can connect over it. I think there's definitely like beauty to like trusting your friends, like having them see all sides of you. But I think what I'm talking about is like if your friend didn't do anything about her issue and that became like the majority of your conversation and the majority of like what your friendship was built on. And they kind of just lived in that like space of not really doing anything, not really like any kind of solution, like journaling, therapy, making a decision about her relationship, like whatever. And I'm not trying to be judgmental because like I love when my friends trust me and like bring things to me, even if there is repetition, like there's nothing wrong with repetition, but it's more of just like continuing to take up space and like not move forward. Because I think that's part of friendship. Like we talked about this, like being honest with our friends, like challenging them and like 
pushing them forward. And like, I just don't, I don't know. I've seen some like of my friends, friends, friendships, sorry, just like languish and become about this. Like, I don't know. It just, I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, going I mean, in circles, I, but I think no, you know I what I'm talking though. about. I feel like when that happens, it just, it's stunt. It ends up stunting the relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic. And then, and then it, I just like, it goes nowhere. It just has no choice, but to die. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've had friendships like that. And that happened. It like, it just stunted us in our tracks and we slowly just fizzled out. And like, we don't really hang out anymore because that's all it was about. And where are you going to go from there? Like this, every time you hang out, it's just like on repeat. I don't know. And I think, I think for a while it's like, you want to be there and you want to listen. But after a certain time period, it's like, I can't do anything for you because this is just, I don't know. Yeah. And it makes you feel bad too. Cause you're like, Oh, am I not being a good friend by like encouraging you and helping you move past this thing that's causing you a lot of pain? Like, Ooh, you're kind of just like bleeding out in front of me every time I talk to you. And it, that makes you feel bad, you know, and it's two sided also. So it's like, yes, you want to be there and supportive and be a good listener and all those things. But at the same time, does that leave space for you also for the other person to talk about your stuff in your life? Or are you just constantly like, Oh, Yep. Yep. I know. Yes. It sucks. Yes. But you know, over and over again until you're like, okay, that's enough. (laughs) So yeah, it's a tricky balance. Everything in life is a tricky balance. It's so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I saw this video last night on Instagram and it was like your third, I think it's like your late twenties, thirties are like your friendships are a true choice because like you're not bonded over shared experience or proximity. I guess work friends don't count, but I mean, I think in-person work friends are pretty rare these days. So it was interesting because it was like, you have to, you have to invest in your friendships and like, you have to be intentional about them. And they're based on like love and patience and like respect and all that stuff. Um, And it's been interesting. Like I saw that and I was examining friendships of mine that have lasted like over the years, like through school and through like living together and all that stuff. And they're harder now. Like it's hard. I, I've found it to be hard to more difficult or more. I have to be more intentional to maintain those friendships versus people I've met now. Cause who I am now is like different than who I was. So it's like the people who know me now who meet me now are like, it just is what it is. Like there's no, it's very easy, but older friends of mine, I'm having to like pull and translate those friendships into like present day. And it, it requires a lot of um, intentionality, which I'm like blessed to do, right? Because like friends are blessings, but yeah, it's very different. You have to like change the tune. Yeah. Speaking of changing the tune, um, I went to New York this past weekend. Uh, I tried to go to a, <laughs> what I thought was going to be a very fun time. I won't name the company because I'm sure there was a lot of people at this event who had a a really good time. And again, this thing of like me thinking like, is something wrong with me? Am I doing it wrong? Why am I not having a good time here? 15 years ago, I would have had a blast at this. So I went to this early morning dance party. Um, was very excited for it. Was in a cool place in New York city. I got there. We did yoga for the first part. It felt a little bit like a movie set, which was kind of strange, but I was like, okay, this is just like part of the experience. Yoga ended after the first hour and it flipped. And I, again, I, this is what I signed up for, but it turned into like, it was dark in there. It looked like a full on nightclub. 
but it was seven in the morning and it's sober. The whole thing is it's sober. So like no drugs, no drinking, but it was like a full on rave. And it happened within the span of about 30 seconds. So we went from calm yoga. I'm very tired. It's very early in the morning to boom nightclub, like DJs, like six people up on stage dancing, like fire batons, like people out on the dance floor, just having the best time. And I thought, okay, great. This is what I signed up for. But then I'm standing there by the pillar holding my strawberry LaCroix and I'm shaking and I'm shaking and I'm shaking and I'm shaking and I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? And then I start crying and I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I'm just like freaking out. I had a full on meltdown, full on meltdown because a lot of things. I think it was a lot of things, but I had to leave. I had to leave within the first five minutes of this thing that I like signed up, I paid for because First of all, I think I have a really hard time in New York City because it's a lot of overstimulation, but this was like hyper overstimulation at seven in the morning. It was something I'd never done before. It was all these people who were sober. They said they were sober, but they were like just so comfortable in their body and like having a good time. And I just could not do it. And so it made me feel so broken and so like, like something was wrong. And it also felt like again, like it had this movie set quality. So I felt like I was like bumping up against the edges of the experience where here I am like trying to put myself out there, trying to put myself in new situations, new scenarios of things that I like traditionally have loved. Like I love dancing. I've always wanted an experience like that. I could not get out of my head and into my body enough to have a good time. Instead, it was the exact opposite. And so I bring this up to say like, trying new things, like trying to figure out who I am, like trying to make new connections. And sometimes it's really hard and you get these super unexpected reactions that are sometimes very negative. And have you guys ever had an experience like that where you went somewhere, you thought you were going to love it. You like did it intentionally and it just super backfired. Or is that just me? I, I've never done something that big. So kudos to you for putting yourself out there like that. I don't do well. Like I don't do like exercise classes a lot. Like I just, that's just not my vibe. I get so uncomfortable. So like going to even yoga alone, like that is like huge. The only thing I can relate it to is like in the past couple of years, especially here, I've tried to like make new friends through the people that I know. So I would go to like a party or like an event or like out to a bar with someone I know with their friends or like people. And I like gear up for it. I'm like, you never know. You might meet someone new, blah, blah, blah. And being there, like I just, my whole, all my energy just shuts down. It's like my battery was empty. and I didn't realize it. And then sometimes having a drink helps, but like the couple of times I'm thinking of it only got worse. And I literally had to like fake a headache or something and leave. So I was like, I can't even muster up like, what do you do for work? Like the thought of just so- small talk, like drained me. Yes. And a couple of times I've that. left, I like went home and I cried. So I was like, how, how am I ever going to meet people? <laughs> like, how do you make friends? So that's, yeah. that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. It was absolutely a shutdown. Like everything in my brain, it was like pure animal panic. I was like, I have to get the fuck out of here right now. This is not it for me. Uh, danger, like danger signals everywhere. Do you think that if it hadn't been like dark, like you hadn't felt like you were in like a dark 
club at night. Like if you were outside and you could see that it was daylight and had that like tether of reality, like, do you think it would have been different? Probably, probably. And again, it was so early in the morning. I'm not a morning person. And it had this quality. It The thing that was most disorienting for me is it felt like it broke reality a little bit because you came in and it was kind of like you were walking into this immersive movie set. So there's like smoke in the air and there's people up on stage who are ignoring you. You're kind of like the extras within the scene almost. There's people with cameras everywhere. And it was it had this performative quality to it. So like the people who were out on the dance floor immediately, like they knew that cameras were there, like they were dancing for the cameras. And so I was like, this is not what I wanted. And it was like, (sighs) full, full transparency. They like tried to sell us a wearable. They were like, go try our new energy drink over there. It felt very culty. It felt very culty. And that paired with the like being in, it, it was a stage. It was a stage that they use for interactive plays within the city. And so there's like, it just felt very, very manufactured reality. And I just kept looking around like, am I in a reality show right now? Like, is this, am I getting, am I Ronald from the jury show? Like, is it, oh, I no. just couldn't reconcile that I had opted into it and that it wasn't fiction. It, I don't know. It was just the strangest yeah. thing. And so. Yeah. That's scary. I, it, it was very, it was bad. It was really bad. I did not have fun at all. I won't be doing that again. But yes, again, trying new things and trying to put yourself out there and potentially make new connections with people. Sometimes it goes very badly. <laughs> but yeah. I tried. But yeah, let's move on to something more fun, shall we? Um, What are we watching and reading and loving right now? Um, I'll go first. I, as y'all know, I've been watching New Girl. Um, Yay. I love it. I love it. It's I, so it's great. so fun. I can't Who remember. Do you love? I <laughs> wait. Um, where? What happened? What happened in the most recent episode you watched? Okay, so I'm in like early season three, and Nick and Jess are together right now. They he just got um the episode I just watched. He got. after his dad died and she like tried to pay his bills or whatever. And, you know, um, but yeah, that's where I am right now. (laughs) Schmidt and Cece are not together. I love Schmidt. He's a character who I, I feel like he should be annoying. Like he, I think Max Greenfield, I think is the actor's name. He just does such a good job at making that character lovable and not, annoying even though he is a douchebag um obviously have they explained his backstory yet no i mean i know he was like heavier in college and all that stuff but no i don't know much else um about his background but yeah this is like i i don't know how this happened but this is a show where i don't know much about how things turn out between any of the like couples i don't know anything about the characters really um somehow it it just flew over my radar but um but no i'm i'm really liking it a lot i can't remember why i fell off of it in the first place that was over 10 years ago but no i'm i'm really enjoying it now so if you haven't seen it zoe deschanel is not for everybody so i I will say especially in the pilot i've heard that i will say a little squeaky 
season one Pixie. Pixie was very hard for me to like. It was like hard for me to like her in season one because she's like so over the top quirky girl. Um, I feel like she calms down a little bit or like she settles into her character a little more. Um, so I, I like her now. But yeah, season one was rough. I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able yeah. to make it. But yeah, do less. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so good. So funny. I feel like it's a show that so fun. Yeah, I laugh out loud several times each episode, which doesn't happen with many shows. Yeah. Mm. What about y'all? That show. I don't know if I'd be alive without that show. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) literally. Those are my uh, college friends. That show. Yes. How many times have you seen it? You think all the way through eight, eight times. Oh, she knows. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll probably watch it again next year. It, I mean, it's okay. just so, uh, the more I watch it, the less I actually watch it. And it's just like on, but it's just like so comforting. Yeah. Um, that how I met your mother, modern family, you know, the, re- yeah. the rewatcher here. I'll say yep. one. I'll say one more thing. Love and, that. Then we, and then we can move on. Um, Nick and Jess. So season two, that like back half of season two, where, they're like about it's like about to happen and there's all the tension that is it's the hottest of any of those like sitcom couples that I've seen mm-hmm. of any sitcom like that is like the hot thing yeah. wow their chemistry is insane it's it's the like kiss? it felt like it was yeah. happening to me <laughs> I was like what I've rewatched yeah. that kiss scene like a gazillion times I did yeah. not think Jake Johnson was even attractive until that part of the show and I was like oh Oh. I know because he's so like man child and you're like, God, get it together. And then you're yeah. like, Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. But just Super tiny hot. glimpses of that. And then he goes back to being man child. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. His character is interesting because it's so charming on the show, but that person in real life would be a nightmare to date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah. like, the more you get to know Nick, the more you like can't blame Schmidt and you also respect Schmidt for like how much he mm. loves Nick, like how much he takes yeah. care of him. Cause I'm like, not any friend would do that. Like pay yeah. for shit, clean up after him. Like I don't have any friends that would have done that for me. Yeah. So I like their relationship. Yeah. It's cute. I'll keep y'all updated um, as I get further in. Please do. Yeah. Uh, I have a few things here. We started Yellowstone a couple months ago. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched that, but yes. my Mm-mm. family like kept pushing us to do it. And I just, it was one of those shows that you like need to have, like, I mean, they're 45 to an hour long episode, minute to an hour long episodes. Like it's just a commitment. It's different than a sitcom. So it was, it's like our winter show right now. And it's so intense. Like it's so good. Um, Austin and I actually dressed up as Beth and Rip for our Halloween party. Nice. And that was fun. <laughs> So Allie, nice. I was I like about it. to ask you, I feel like you would be so into Rip. Are you like so? Oh my into- God. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. Oh yeah. I love it. Like it, he, except for like, I, I think he's like a little bit too much of like a beta to John, but otherwise like hmm. every component of his character is so attractive to me. Yeah. There's like a loyalty <laughs> that you have to respect. Cause like, you know, John yeah. saved his life. So like blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, he's oh so hot. Yeah. I love Austin like it. wore that costume and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh um, my God. So good. 
That's great. I'm I'm reading this. Well, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago, Alchemy. It's this like really interesting book. Um, I'm I'm trying to do like 10 pages a night. I'm not into nonfiction like whatsoever, but I've been pushing myself to like at least like inch my way through some of these books. And then, you know, fiction wise, I'm up to like 135 books on Kindle this year. Ooh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. There's an author, her Stephanie Perry, that I really like. So her last book and her series came out. And yeah. And then otherwise, I'm listening to Huberman Lab. So I am now a Huberman bro. But his episode with Robert Greene, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. He wrote like 48 Laws of Power, Mastery. He's it, It's really good. It's like a three-hour episode about like finding your purpose and like just like some of the neurobiological indicators and like when something is like meant for you or I don't know. It's very, I respond very well to like the scientific, like logical way of thinking about things. If I'm like emotionally frazzled. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about like, what will I do after the agency? And I have no idea. So listening to this episode is, is really interesting. I'd recommend it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have been, I have been extremely absorbed in a new audiobook. It's very the the book itself is very thick. It's very much like a Jonathan Franzen or uh, David Foster Wallace style of writing. It's like super midwestern, but it's called Wellness, and it's by the guy who wrote The Knicks. I cannot think of his name, but it's his new book that came out. It was an Oprah pick. Um, it kept getting recommended to me, and based off of the books I had read in my Audible app, and it's the best book I've read all year. It's one of those books that I'm like, I wish I wrote that because it just so many things I connect with on like, how is this so accurate to my human experience? Like, is there a camera in my house? Um, and the writing is so good. It's one of those books where you get to go really deep on the characters and learn why they are the way that they are. And it's, it's one of those things where there's enough space. It's like when you look at a painting, like there's enough space for you to associate your own meanings with it through the experiences that they have and the memories that they share and the conversations that they have. I just can't say enough good things about it. It's so good. And I'm almost done. I have like 55 minutes left. I think it started at 18 hours. So I have been on planes, like walking down the street, any free minute listening to it because it's that good. I'm going to be so sad when it's over, but really good. Really, really good. It's helped me with my writing too, because it's like, oh my God, like this is what I'm striving for. And so when you have that model fresh in your head, you can kind of replicate it when you sit down to write because that voice is very fresh and you're like, Oh, right. This is how you do it. Like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Cause sometimes you're like, how do I, how do I do dialogue? Or like, how do I explain a memory in a way that's not banging somebody over the head with the meaning, but like, again, leaving that, that space for them to have their own interpretation. It, yeah. So it's been, it's been good across the board. Can't say enough good things. Yeah, I know. You said you weren't really working on your novel. You were just reading. And I'm like, I feel like reading is working on your novel. It yes. is. All yes. inputs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me that it's not so hard. It's just like, oh, right. Like all art is kind of like pulls from existing art. And so if you find something that really resonates, you're like, oh, right. That's what I'm trying to do. So it's good to have that model. Yeah. Um, okay. So lightning round questions. The first one is, I don't know who put this in here, okay. but I like it. Wait, Would I, you get- let me give a little backstory. So my, okay, friend, yes. my friend Desiree, she saw like a TikTok about this. Like, would somebody give up their dog for a million dollars? Uh, or I think it was actually $200,000. And so she texted me and she was like, would you give up Franklin for 200 K? 
I was like, fuck no, I wouldn't give up Franklin for 200K. And then she was like, would you give him up for a million? I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, And she was like, I would immediately give up my dog for 200K, especially a million. I know. Oh, my God. I know. Does she hate her dog? No. But then she put up an Instagram poll. She was like, we'll settle this. So she put up an Instagram poll. And I think 70% of people said no, they would not. So I'm curious, would y'all give up your pet for a million dollars? The thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> except <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just thinking like if I know they're going to like a good place where I could like still see them. Sure. I would do oh two million dollars. Really? I can never. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. No, no, no so, I, I don't. I think if I was like actually confronted with that, it would, I mean, I fucking love my cats. Like they are the dopamine hits I need every single day. Um, like cats yeah. are so different too, because they'd be like, I don't fucking care. Do I have a cozy place to sleep? You got food? Okay, fine. The funny thing is, like, our cats are actually like quite emotional. And I think it's because they're rescues and they both came from like really shitty, shitty ba- which like I most rescues do, right? But like, yeah, they're super like the older they get, the clingier they are. One of them has um separation anxiety with Austin, which is hilarious because he doesn't give Aww. a shit about me. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Just go follow, go follow him around. Um but yeah, no, I wouldn't yeah. give him up. No. Yeah, no. I actually, Kelly and I had actually had this conversation several months ago, I think. Um, and we got into an actual argument about it because I was like, no, I would not. And she was mad at me because I, she was like, you wouldn't like take care of our family in that way. And I was like, in my head, <laughs> he is your family. I know. I was like, in my head, I am taking care of my family because he is my family. And so, like, we just had this back and forth where she was like, no, she was like you, Allie. She was like, if I knew he was going to somewhere where he was taken care of, then yes, we should. That's the responsible yeah. thing to do. I wouldn't I'm just like, like no. I wouldn't just like abandon them. But like, <laughs> I don't know if it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I wouldn't want them in my life anymore. <laughs> Well, okay. And then my thing is like, you don't really ever know a hundred percent if they're going to go to a good place or not. Like you don't know why those people, like, why are you trying to pay a million dollars for a dog? Go buy a new dog for way less than that. Like what's your, I don't trust your motives. Like, no, you're not, you're not, you're not getting anywhere near my dog. Deep with this question. Yes. Yeah. That's my son. I would not give up my son for a million dollars. Oh my God. And I'll the go even further and say no amount of money. There's no amount of Same. money. Same. Yeah. Same. I see this is the thing though. Cause like Brooks is nine. He's getting old. And like when he finally goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't want to cry. Um, Okay. Next question. What is a, and I think we've asked a version of this before, but this was just something that I was thinking about because of the book I'm reading and the book I'm writing. So answer how you will, it might get repurposed, but um, what is a chore or unsexy responsibility or moment of downtime? That's not at all glamorous, but that you find pleasurable or meaningful and why? And Christy, you kind of touched on this with your like quiet nighttime routine with the baby. Is there something else, though, that, Allie, you kind of touched on in a previous episode, too, of, like, doing the dishes at the end of the night at the at the party. What's something you do as an individual, though, that you feel like is not cool, is not glamorous, but 
makes you feel like this is life. Like this is, this is it. (laughs) Doing my taxes. Really? I actually enjoy doing my taxes. I've done them myself for like 10 years. I now have an accountant because there's just like so many layers of complexity with the business, but like accounting and like data, like financial data management and like doing my taxes. And I like do a, Austin and I do a budget every year and we do like monthly meetings and stuff. Like it's really hard, but it's so rewarding because it's also like what, what do they say? There's two things, certain life, death and taxes. Like you can't avoid it, but yeah, I like taught myself how to do them when I was in college. And like, I don't know. If you ask me this, like tomorrow, I might have a different answer, but like I, you know, it's, we're coming up on that season. I've been pulling all my receipts, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of, kind of a satisfying, I guess. Yeah. It's very black and white too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's there's a right and wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. That's a good one. I like that. I have two. Can I have, can I have two? Is that allowed? Of course. Um, so my first one is similar to your dishes one, Allie, at the end of the night, I, I always am usually the one to like kind of close up shop at the end of the night. So I, I just really enjoy like, um, I don't know, just like the, the feeling of coziness that comes with like, Starting the dishwasher, wiping down the counters, making sure the doors are locked, turning off the Christmas lights, like picking up shit that's kind of on the floor. Like it just feels like one final act of like taking care of my home or like taking care of my like making sure everything's in place for like me and my family. Um, It's just like a very uh, satisfying feeling every night. And then my other one is I think I've talked about this before. But I like go on a drive with my dog every morning. And that is like, it just is my favorite part of the day. Usually Um, it's something I try to do every day. And I've even still try to maintain it uh, with baby. But um, yeah, and it's like very simple. We don't really do anything, but we listen to a podcast and I get to just kind of like zone out and either learn or laugh. And he's just there with me and he gets treats from McDonald's and it's just like such a special time, even though it like nothing's really happening, but, uh, but yeah, it like, it's super meaningful. Yeah. That's a good ritual too. I feel like rituals and routine are so good for our brains because there is so much uncertainty. If you can like carve out that piece of your day every single day, that's like, Oh, that feels so good. That's a good one. Mine is actually driving too. I had to think really hard about this because I was really struggling. I feel like I don't do well with downtime and I've talked a lot about how I like pop in an audiobook or I'll do anything to distract myself from being alone with my thoughts. And when I'm driving in the car by myself long distances, especially at sunset to night into nighttime, if I get a good bit of music and I can just kind of zone out while driving, especially here in the Midwest, it's just flat and straight for miles and miles. That is a time that I can get into my own head and like process things and sort through things or like think about fictional pieces for the story or again, just like feel calm in my own headspace because I can't do anything else because I'm driving the car. I literally can't do anything else. And if I can put the music on and not do the audiobook thing, that's a space that's like, almost meditative, I feel like, because it's so 
I don't know. It's just so relaxing. It's, it's especially with the right music. It creates, I always tell myself in my head that like, I feel like I'm driving a spaceship. Like I'm just, it's just me and the road and I'm just for miles and miles. I don't know. It creates this feeling. And I really, I like that, but I don't, I don't do it enough. So I need to, I need to do it more. I need to like go for a night drive. Krista, you have your morning routine. I think I need to have a like sunset drive every day to just kind of like nightcap the day. It's a great idea. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's all we've got for today. But it was a good one. It was a good catch up. Yeah, we went a little over even. All right. We did, but it it was good. We had a lot of ground to cover. We really yes. did. So thanks for listening. All and right. final cheers again. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye.